Up next, a message from Victory Life Church of Milton. Not, not necessarily or not specifically about, you know, giving your life to Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. There's nothing more important than that. Okay, there's nothing more important than accepting Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Um, but specifically, what I want to talk about this morning is us as a body of believers, us as individual Christians, people that love Jesus. So often in our life, we have these things that are not productive to our relationship with the Lord. And so what we want to do as individuals, what the desire of my heart is for this church right here, is that we go ahead and let God just clean us up, man. You know, whatever's not productive to our relationship. And see, once you're in the family, you're in the family. And what I'm saying, if you've made that commitment, and you've turned from your sins, and you've asked Jesus Christ to be your Lord and Savior, well, He is your Lord and Savior. But so often, sometimes, we, are, we as individuals, we're content with letting Him be our Savior, you know. But He wants to be more than just our Savior. He wants to be our Lord. He wants to rule over our life. He wants to mature us. He wants to use us. And some of us, I mean, I, I'm not speaking for anybody in here specifically, but I, I do know how I am as a human being. I know there's a, there's a lot of things in my life where Jesus Christ or the Holy Spirit will convict me and say, you know what, this isn't a good thing. This isn't something my child needs to be doing. Now, at that point, you know, it's up to me what I'm going to do, do about that. Because the Holy Spirit will plead with me. But you know what, if I refuse to listen to him, that voice will get quieter and quieter and quieter because the Holy Spirit's a gentleman and he's not going to push himself on you, you know, but he does. He wants us to clean our act up. Amen. So let's pray. Father God, thank you so much for your anointing in this service, Lord. Your will be done in this service. And those of us that have heavy hearts this morning, Lord, thank you that we will leave here energized and, and at peace, Lord. Peace with you, Lord. Peace that surpasses all understanding, Lord. Your will be done in all things, Lord. Thank you for revival in our hearts, in our homes, in our community, and in this land, Lord. Revival throughout the world. We love you. We praise you. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody in the church said, I'm talking about that salvation experience. I'm talking about turning away from your sins. And if you haven't done that, I don't know where anybody's hearts are in here. If you haven't done that, please do that today. Accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. You don't want to put that off, okay? You can get with me anytime. You can call me, but I'm saying I'm right here right now. We can do that before you leave. Romans 10 and verse 9. Looky here. Because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, have you done that? Are you ashamed of the gospel? Are you ashamed of Jesus Christ? Do you care that people know that you're a different person? Because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. Now let's go to Romans 5 and verse 1. Therefore, since we have been justified by faith. Now this is such a beautiful thing, guys, that we don't often think about. But see, here's the deal. Before you accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, guess what? You are enemies with the Lord. You've decided, I'm going to do it my way. Okay, God, you do your thing, but I'm going to do my thing. Okay, we have decided that, I, you know, I don't want to accept that gift. So therefore, we have made ourselves enemies with the Lord. Okay, 
But see, here's the beautiful thing, Sister Chelsea. Here's the wonderful thing. And this is something that we can rejoice about and we can be excited about. Therefore, since we have been justified. How are we justified? Therefore, since we have been justified by faith. Okay? Everybody in here, if you have not made that decision, guess what? You have enough faith. You have enough faith to make that jump. You have enough faith to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Okay, and you got to do that. Okay, therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God. Now, this peace that we're talking about right here, right now, this isn't necessarily like, well, I don't know how I'm going to pay my bills, but I got peace about it. That's a good thing, but that's not what I'm focusing on right now. Okay, what I'm talking about is we are at peace with our Creator. We are at peace with our Lord and Creator because we've accepted that precious gift. Amen. Why don't you give the Lord some praise? That's some good news. Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. See, nobody's blessed like the Christian. Nobody's blessed like us because of what Jesus Christ did at that cross, we have access to God the Father. We have direct access through Jesus Christ to God the Father. Give him some praise, man. So, that's a big deal. Probably, I guess I can say it like this, there is no bigger deal than that right there. Okay, so I accept Jesus as my Lord and Savior. I say, you know what? I'm a sinner. I'm messing up all the time. I want to get to heaven. I can't get there on my own. I need a Savior in Jesus Christ. I know you are the one true God. I know you are the Son of the Most High God. And we accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. We have peace with our Creator. We have turned from our sins. Okay, so what in the world does it talk about when we, we hear the preacher man say, well, let's, we're, we're about to take communion, so let's repent of any sins. Uh, you hear the preacher man on the radio say, hey, let's, let's repent. Let's turn back to God. Well, hold on a second. I'm a saved person. I have repented of my sins. I've been forgiven of my sins, past, present, and future. So what in the world is the preacher man talking about? Why does the Bible keep making that point over and over again? Hey, confess my sins. Repent of my sins. Okay, well, that's what we want to talk about today. Okay, we're talking about cleaning our act up. All right? And we, we need to go cultivate a desire. We, what I mean by that is sometimes, man, at this point in our Christian walk, maybe you've been saved for many, many years now. And maybe you think, well, you know, this is okay. God's okay with this. Well, if you're thinking those kind of thoughts, then he probably ain't. You know what I mean? Okay, so there's, there's a, a ton of things. There's many, many things in all our lives that God says, you know what, let's, let's go ahead and get rid of that. Okay, I want you to move a little closer to me. All right, because yes, we, if we're saved people, we're saved. We're forgiven of our sins. That's true. Okay, that means the penalty, the eternal penalty of sin has been removed. Okay, Jesus Christ took care of that. And also the power of sin has been removed. Well, what in the world does that mean? It means that, you know what, because I'm that new creation, Brother Dalton, because I'm that Christian person, Sister Court Court, I don't have to give in to sin anymore. And you know what? That's the truth. That's the truth of the gospel. But sometimes we're like, well, this is just too powerful for me. And you're right. It is too powerful for me. It's too powerful for you. But I can do all things through Christ. You see what I'm saying? So when God shows us something and reveals something to us and said, hey, why don't we deal with this? 
He's not going to leave you hanging because you don't have the power on your own to get rid of this, whatever it is. If you would have had the power to get rid of it on your own, you probably would have already done it, right? But some of these things have a really big, strong grip on us, a really strong hold on us. You know, I'm not saying we're bad people. I'm not saying that at all. But we're not where we need to be. We're not where we could be. You know what I mean? And don't we live in crazy times? Doesn't God need a church? Doesn't God want a church of people that aren't straddling the fence, that aren't playing games? And I'm talking to myself. You know what I mean? People that are sold out and devoted to him and said, God, here I am. Send me. Okay. Moving forward. Okay. Um, Revelations 2. Revelations 2. It should be on your bulletins, beloved. Talking about the church of Ephesus. Just briefly, um, there's a lot of places where I could pull examples from this morning. Talking about Bible-believing folks. Talking about people like me and you. Talking about people like Sister Rachel. People that love Jesus. People that love Jesus. But sometimes, sometimes we can kind of throw the baby out with the bathwater. Can I get a witness? I can't believe I said that. I think that's the first time I've ever actually said that. Anyways, moving forward, whatever you do, if you, if you learn anything from today, don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. Revelation 2 and verse 2, I know your works. This is God talking to the church in Ephesus. I know your works, your toil, and your patient endurance. You see what God's doing here, man? He's accentuating the positive. He's, he's showing these, these believers, hey, I know what you're doing. I know what you've been through. And you're doing some awesome stuff. And you know what? That's probably what God would like to say to you this morning. Hey, man, you've been doing the thing, man. You, you know, you've been going through a lot. and You've been standing up for me. I see what you're doing. But like any good, loving father, it's not just accolades and pats on the back. And we need that stuff. As his children, we need that encouragement. Look at your neighbor and say, we need that encouragement. We do. And this is a wonderful template to follow, you know. Look at all these encouraging things. And then he wants to break it down and tell us what we need to work on. I know your works, your toil, and your patient endurance. You're a hard-working church, Ephesians. Your patient endurance and how you cannot bear with those who are evil, but have tested those who call themselves apostles and are not and found them to be false. So this was a common thing back in the old day in the early church. And it's hey, Hey, it's common now, man. You know, people will come in that, that don't necessarily have your best interests at heart. People will come in disguised as a sheepy, but really be a wolf. Can I get a witness? Okay. But God's saying, hey, Ephesians, good job. You see, when these people come in for their own selfish reasons, when they come in to distract or discourage or, or bring friction or whatever, or just talking false gospel, you can't stand it and you get rid of it. Good deal. But have tested those who call themselves apostles and are not and found them to be false. I know you are enduring patiently and bearing up for my name's sake. Man, that's awesome. I know you guys, man, you're going through a lot of persecution right now. Seems like the world is coming against you, Ephesians church, because you're standing up for what's right. Okay? But looky here, this is where the rubber meets the road. This is in the Greek what they call the nittus and the grittus. You are that's not true, by the way. You are enduring patiently and bearing up for my namesake, and you have not grown weary. Now, here we go, verse 4. But I have this against you. 
Raise your hands if you want to hear that from God one day. Raise your hands if you want to hear that from God one day. You didn't hear what I just said. I said, but I have this against you. Oh my gosh. But I have this against you. Well, hold on. What about all these things and these good works that we've been doing and how we've been standing up for you? Okay. But I have this against you, that you have abandoned the love you had at first. Man, doesn't that break your heart? God's saying, look, man, <laughs> you guys have been hard at it. But somewhere during all this and, and doing all these things and, and standing up for me, your love for me got pushed to the back burner. So church, Church of East Milton, you know, have we somewhere somehow let our love for Jesus go to the back burner? I'm not saying we're not doing good things. I'm not saying we're not reading our Bible and not coming to church and putting a little money here and there and helping out the needy. I'm not saying we're not doing those things. But if we're not attentive, if we don't make it a daily thing, our relationship with Jesus Christ can suffer, even though we're saved people. You hear what I'm saying this morning? Okay, so Jesus is pleading with us. Hey, don't leave your first love. And if you realize you left your first love, well, let's get back. Let's go back in the right direction. Okay, so what we're talking about this morning, we're talking about doing one of those about faces. We're talking about realizing, okay, I love Jesus, but I've been going the wrong way here. I've, I've kind of left my first love a little bit, as painful as that is, to let that sink in a little bit. You know, sometimes we can get caught up in doing things for God. That's true. I, I, I fight that myself all the time. You know, it's not about doing things for God. But see, we can, we can lose our love. We, we're supposed to be in love with our Lord and Savior. Does that make sense? Okay. And, you know, let's be honest. When you've been in a relationship for a long time, it can be easy to put that love on the back burner. You don't even mean to. It just drip, drip, slip, slip, slips away a little bit at a time. You know, so God's shaking up his people. And it's a necessary and a needful thing for this church and us as individuals to get back on track. You know, whatever's going on with whatever we're doing, you know, whatever we're thinking about, whatever we may be doing that's not pleasing to the Lord, let's give it up. Amen. But I have this against you, that you have abandoned the love you had at first. Man, that is so painful. Verse 5. Remember, therefore, from where you have fallen. Take a glance back, church. Take a glance back, Paul. Look at where you were a couple years ago and how you were saying, you know, 2020 is going to be your year, man, and you're going to go deeper and deeper in relationship with me. And it looks like to me, Polly, you've kind of been stagnant a little bit. It looks like you've been holding on to some things that I don't want you to hold on to anymore. You know what I mean? Can I get a witness? Remember, therefore, from where you have fallen. Repent and do the works you did at first. Go back to the beginning, man. Go back to that beginning. Remember when you first met that special someone, that special someone, and you're like, oh, man, ain't life grand. Ain't life perfect. This is all I need. This is my sweet, sweet Rachel Dini. You know what I mean? That's all I wanted to say. Just, I love my Rachel Jeannie. No, not really. I just forgot what I was going to say. But I do love Rachel Jeannie. Remember, therefore, from where you have fallen, repent. And do the works you did at first. Let me sum it up like this. It's hard work, man, to stay in love sometimes, man. But it's so worth it. You know what I mean? Because these little things get in your way. 
These little things can get in your way that can hurt communion, that can hurt your relationship. And God's saying, you know what, just, just get rid of that rubbish, man. You don't need that. So we got to come to this place where it really is. We understand this and we believe this and we live by this. God, you are all I need. God, you are all I need. And stop chasing the blessings. Stop chasing the things that you think you have to have. But chase him, man. Go all in for him, and he'll give you things that we can't even imagine. And I really believe that, man. Some of us don't have the things that we want so bad, and it's not that they're inherently bad things. You know, but we want something so bad. Can I get a witness? And God's like, man, if you would just sell out to me, man, I'd love to give you this stuff, but why would I give you something that is not going to be beneficial to our relationship? Okay, moving forward. Hebrews 12 and verse 6 should be on your bulletin there. Now, looky here. We have the Ephesian church. God's saying all these good things about them, and it's all true stuff. And then God says, look, I do have this against you and we need to talk about this because i love you and i want us to work on this issue and then god goes on to say um that if you don't straighten up i'm going to remove this lampstand i'm going to cut off this witness that you got going on here because look god cares very much about our witness god cares very much about what we're doing out there in the highways and the byways and wherever you might be there's a world of people Believers and non-believers, there's a world of people that are watching us. Amen? All God's people said, ouch. It's true, man. Okay, so God's like, hey, God's very serious about our testimony, about our witness. And you know what? We might be, be confusing a lot of people. We might, there might be some people watching you saying, hmm, you know what? If that's the Christian thing, I don't think I need that. I don't think that's going to work for me. You know what I mean? Because they're seeing, they're seeing this Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde type thing with folks, man. We're Christian folks. We're this way one minute, this way the another. Can I get a witness? So God will bring correction, you know. There's a, those eternal consequences, if I'm in the family, those eternal consequences, those have been taken care of. Jesus Christ took care of them. And the power of sin has been removed. I don't have to give into this stuff. But God makes it very clear that I'm going to reap what I sow. If I don't change my ways, there's going to be some consequences that I'm going to have to deal with. Okay? So what we're talking about is God's like, hey, just turn from this stuff. Go the opposite way. You don't have to give in to this. And I'm, I know I'm not being very specific, but I want us to all to think about what, what, what could be in your life? What could be in your life as a handsome bunch of people that we are in here? What could be in our life that's not pleasing to God? What kind of thoughts? What kind of behaviors? Okay. So God will bring correction. But just like any loving father, he brings correction because he's a loving father. Okay? Hebrews 12 and verse 6. For the Lord disciplines the one he loves. We don't like to rejoice in that, but that is a wonderful blessing in itself. You know, that God will bring correction into our lives, and that is painful sometimes. You know, it's painful quite often for God to correct his children. I know when my daddy corrected me, okay, it didn't make me skip and jump. It, well, it did make me skip and jump and holler. But, but it didn't make me feel good. And sometimes I was like, Daddy, you don't love me. I love you, Daddy. You know, we don't get it. But God's very clear. Hey, I love you. 
So we're going to have to deal with this. See, when we refuse to repent as Christian folks, okay, here's our relationship with the Lord, and He wants us to have this intimate relationship. But guess what? When we, when we refuse to give up these things, we refuse to repent, He can't bless us like He wants to bless us. Our relationship, it's not like He's going to kick you out of the family. If you're in the family, you're in the family. But guess what? You're hurting that relationship. You're hurting that communion with the Father. You see what I'm saying? And, and so we're not living in that place spiritually where God wants us to be. For the Lord disciplines the one he loves. And God is very much concerned and committed to our spiritual growth. And see, sometimes we're not as committed or concerned about our spiritual growth. Because sometimes we're like, you know what, I'm saved. I'm cool. He's got a ticket to ride. That's an old song. Yeah, whatever. For the... Never mind. For the Lord disciplines the one he loves and chastises every son whom he receives. So if you're the family, you're getting it. If you're in the family, you're going to get correction. Okay? But see, we can save ourselves from a lot of unnecessary and painful consequences. True story. I'm talking to me. Okay? If we just repent, do that about face. Say, you know what? You know, in my heart, I kind of dig doing this. In my heart, I want to do this. But you know what? My, my heart can be awful deceitful. You know what I mean? And I got to stand on what God says. And so I know this is not pleasing to God. So let me do that about face. And guess what? You do that, you'll never regret it. It might be hard for a minute, but you'll catch up with God's will. Can I get a witness? Thank you, Jesus. Tell the truth. Shame the devil. Turn with me to James 4. James 4 and verse 7. God is so good to us. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Boy, man, goodness gracious. That's what God wants out of us. Remember what I said a minute ago or a few minutes ago? We, we want and we cherish and we love the fact that Jesus is our Savior. Okay? But looky here, we didn't sign up just for Him to be our Savior. Okay? He's our Lord and Savior. You know what I mean? He wants to rule and reign in our lives. He wants to be there and help us make those big decisions and those little decisions because it's the little foxes that spoil the vine. It's those things that we hardly ever think about because we're so used to doing them. Are we like, well, this is how I was born. This is what I do. Well, if it's not pleasing to God, then we have a problem and we need to work on that. Okay, does that make sense? Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. He's the ruler. You are the subordinate. He's the ruler. We are the child. I remember sometimes my mom and daddy, they'd say, do this. And it wouldn't even really make sense to me. Like, no, no, it'd be so much better to go play in the dirt or whatever, you know. That's what I want to do. But see, they knew what was best for me. I didn't have to understand it. They knew what was best for me. Okay, so here's our Heavenly Father. Okay, and he's saying, don't do that. You do that. You're going to hurt yourself. You're going to hurt those people you care about. Give it up. All God's people said, just give it up. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Is that true? Is that, is that a true thing? It is totally true. Okay, if we, if we keep God on the throne, keep Him where He's supposed to be, and we don't give Satan a foothold, if we don't give Him a little area, you know, my buddy Preacher Ernie talks about waffle Christians. I think it was him. He's like, well, we have all these little segments, you know, 
And, but we, we don't want to give God all these segments. We, we want to leave some of them out for us. Okay? But that's not how we're supposed to be. Okay? I'm not my own. I've been bought at a price. Amen? So I submit to God. Yeah, give him some praise. Go ahead. So God has to be in charge. Okay? Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Are you guys ready to do that? Right now we are, you know. But what about when you're special? Someone starts giving you all kinds of grief and ruckus 10 minutes from now. You know, what about when that guy cuts you off in traffic? You know, I'm talking about this is a, this is a thing that we need to go through. Let me say it like this. And this is a true statement. That Christians, we need to live in that place of repentance. We need to live in that place, not where we're guilt-ridden of the things in the past or, or just miserable about, about the things that we did yesterday, okay? But I'm talking about we need to live in that place where, you know what? I'm praying without ceasing, and I'm constantly letting God search my heart and see what is not good for my relationship with Him. Amen? That makes sense? Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Isn't that cool? Isn't that wonderful? Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. You put God in charge, man. You keep him on the throne of your life, okay? Satan ain't going to have a lot in common with you at that point. You know what I mean? There's not going to be a lot of similar desires that you got going on with Satan when God's where he's supposed to be, all right? And I... I I'm in that place of repentance. I want to be what God wants me to be. I want to be that vessel. And guess what, man? Good stuff's right around the corner. I'm not saying a fruit basket. I'm saying we want to be what God wants us to be. Draw near to God when God sees that you're serious. Okay, God's not into playing games. He's your daddy. Okay, but he ain't into playing games, man. And he knows time is short. And guess what? Old Satan knows time is short too. And so we're the ones walking around like we got forever and a day to get our act together. You know, and that ain't true, man. God needs to use us. God wants to use us. Okay? Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. When God sees you're serious, man, okay? Because a lot of times we're like, God, I'll, I'll be a good Christian boy. I'll be a good Christian girl. But let me get these things filled out first. I need you to sign over here. Give me this. Move this over here. Let me, let me get this, and then I'm going to be your man. I'm going to be sold out for you. I'll go to Kenya if you hook me up with all these things. God's like, no, dude. No, man, that ain't how it works. You draw near to me, and I'll draw near to you. You be about my business, and I'll be about your business, not the other way around. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Look, looky here. Cleanse your hands, you sinners. Okay. <laughs> Look, man. James, the author of this, the half-brother of Jesus who wrote this, he's talking to believing people. This letter was sent out to believing Jews throughout the area, throughout the world. Okay? He's talking to Christian folks, man. And this is what he said. Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Okay, I got you, James. Cleanse your hands, you sinners. Whoa. Hold the phone, man. Cleanse your hands, you sinners. What's that mean? Stop doing them things, man. Stop, stop doing that stuff. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your heart. We don't have to be that person. We don't have to be that straddling the fence Christian. I don't even know if you're a straddling the fence Christian. Well, I'll put it to you like this. We all are. We all are to a certain extent. You know, God doesn't want that. 
Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. You ever been double-minded? This is hardcore right here. Stop doing it. Stop doing it. Put me first. Stop being double-minded. The Bible says nothing good about being a double-minded person or a double-minded Christian. Okay, and it makes for one miserable Christian. Let's be honest, right? It certainly does. We got this much of the world in us to be happy and have fun in the world. We got this much of the church to be happy. I just messed that up. Just scratch that. Zechariah 1 and verse 3. This is good. Zechariah 1 and verse 3. Therefore, say to them, this declares the Lord of hosts. What is Lord of hosts? That's God. The God of heaven's armies. Isn't that cool that we serve a real God? Okay, and, and he is the God of heaven's armies. So you know what? That's pretty awesome. I just like saying that the God of heaven's armies. That's, a, that's our Lord. Therefore, say to them, thus declares the Lord of hosts, return to me, says the Lord of hosts, and I will return to you, says the Lord of hosts. See, it's like if one of your kids went and did some horrible ruckus, something crazy, man, you know? Okay. Well, that boy, that son would have to come to a place of repentance. It's not like you don't love him. Of course you love him. You'll always love him. You love him just as much as you ever did. You know, it's not your behavior that makes God loves you. God doesn't love you any more or less by your behavior. You know what I mean? God loves us so much and we love our children so much. But if they went and did something stupid and, and going down the street, busting everybody's mailbox and windows out and windshields out and all that, you know what I mean? Well, guess what? Your boy would have some consequences he'd have to deal with, wouldn't he? Okay? Even though he's forgiven, and he might really be forgiven. He might say, God, forgive me. Daddy, forgive me. You know what? Okay, I love you just as much as I ever did. There's some stuff we got to come to understand here. All right? So we're going to have to bring some correction into this area. We're going to have to do some correction. Does that make sense? It's not that we don't love you. It's not that we don't love our babies. But a good parent is going to bring correction when it has to. We're not going to get rid of them. We're not going to say, I never knew you. Get out of here. You know, we wouldn't do that because we love them. Okay, so God loves us with undying love. And he's like, hey, stop doing this stupid ruckus. All right? You're just hurting yourself. And time is short. Therefore, say to them, thus declares the Lord of hosts, return to me, says the Lord of hosts, and I will return to you, says the Lord of hosts. Okay. So there's got to be that, that time and that place, like with your own child, where they come to that place and realize, you know what? Daddy, that was pretty stupid of me to go busting down all their mailboxes and everything. And, hey, boy, I'm glad you said that. I'm glad you see it my way, okay? Because I think that was pretty stupid too. That's what confessing our sin is. It's not just saying, when I confess my sin to the Lord, it's not just saying, God, on April the 3rd, 1998, I did boobie you know? It's, it's not that. It ain't not that. But what I'm saying is, when we confess our sins, we're saying, we're seeing. Let me say it like this. We see it the way God sees it. We see our sin the way God sees it. Okay? And that's half the problem sometimes, is we don't see it the way God sees it. You know? We know it's wrong, but we're like, man, I wanted to do that. I'm glad I did that. I'm, you know? That's not how we're supposed to be. Can I get a witness? Okay. Verse 9, James 4 and verse 9. James is taking this stuff really serious. The Lord takes this really serious, and we need to take this really serious. 
be wretched and mourn and weep. He's talking about being serious. Seeing our sin the way God sees it. Amen. Be wretched and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning. Stop being so satisfied with straddling the fence. Whatever that might be. Let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to gloom. Verse 10. Humble yourselves. See, that's a big problem with us. It's a big problem with humanity. But I'm talking to Christian folks and that's a big problem with me. That's a big problem with Christian folks is sometimes we are the opposite of humble. Sometimes we can be rather prideful. Amen? So we, if we're prideful, sometimes we do not want to acknowledge the fact, we don't want to acknowledge the fact that I'm doing things that God does not approve of. You hear what I'm saying this morning? Okay, and what, what, what does the Bible say? What does the Bible say that is good about pride? Nothing. You ain't going to find nothing in the Bible where God says, yeah, I love it when you're prideful. He won't say that, man. He will say pride comes before a fall. Okay? And he says that he wants us to be humble. Okay? God wants us to not be prideful, but to be humble. Be wretched and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to gloom. Humble yourselves. See, that's something we got to do every day, too. Humble ourselves. That's a constant thing, man. Don't let pride come into your life. Don't start thinking that you're cooler than your neighbors or none of that. Uh-oh. You ain't got time for that. All God's people said, I ain't got time for that. Nobody got time for that. Humble yourselves, therefore. Humble yourselves before the Lord, and He will exalt you. What? See, that's pretty cool, man. Take this repentance thing serious, okay? Turn back to God. And I'm not saying that we're backsliding folks, okay? I'm just saying that there's things that we can work on, okay? Things that we need to give up, you know? And God's raising an army here, all right? We need to take that junk serious. Can I get a witness? So God says, be wretched and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to gloom. Take this serious. Humble yourselves. Realize you ain't the boss, man. You're not the boss. You don't set the rules, man, all right? God's in charge, not you. Okay, let's, let's get that order down correctly, okay? Humble yourselves before the Lord. Put Him first, and guess what He's going to do? So we don't have to go around chasing all this stuff and trying to appease ourselves with all these other things. God says, you humble yourself, you keep me first. And check this out. Humble yourselves before the Lord, and He will exalt you. Whatever God says we need to give up, it cannot compare with what God wants to do in us and through us and for us. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, give him some praise. First John 1 and verse 9. Let's, not, let's just do away with that whole pride business and let God do a humbling work in us. That's a daily thing, man. You know what I mean? Because the moment you start saying, hey, I'm a humble cat, man. You know how humble I am? That's a little bit of pride coming in right there, man. You know what I mean? Matter of fact, you don't even have to brag about yourself. You know what I mean? If God wants someone to pat you on the back, God will have someone pat you on the back. Don't go around looking for people to make you feel like you're something special. Okay? Your fulfillment comes from serving Jesus Christ. That is everything we need. Amen? Can I get a witness? If we confess our sins, okay, if we see our sin the way God sees it, we say, God, you know what? That, that was dirty. That was rotten. That was not good. 
And we mean that if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins. So we talked about how this hurts our communion, our fellowship with the Lord. Because we're straddling the fence or, or we don't want to give up some things. Okay, well, God says, hey, you get rid of that and it's going to be just dandy. If you, we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins. He's not going to be like, nope, nope, nope. That deal was for last week. That was for last Sunday service. We ain't forgiven that. I ain't forgiven that. Gabriel, I done told him last Sunday. I ain't forgiven him this Sunday. He's not like that. Okay? If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us. This is good. And to cleanse us from all, to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Okay? So, boom. God says, just, just let it go. Let it go. Come running back to me. And it'll be like it never happened, man. It's like the prodigal son. When he come back to the father, the father was waiting. The father was watching. The father ran to meet him. The father put that signet ring back on him, put that robe on him, and said, it's time to party, dude. Let's do this. All God's people said, it's time to party, dude. <laughs> okay, Jeremiah 15 and verse 9. This is it. Therefore, thus says the Lord, doesn't matter what granny said, doesn't matter what your professor said, doesn't matter what your crazy neighbor Ed said, doesn't matter. Therefore, thus says the Lord, that's what matters. That's what matters, what God says, okay? Therefore, thus says the Lord. It doesn't even matter what your little mind is telling you. Just do it, bro. Just do it. It's cool, man. Therefore, thus says the Lord, if you return, I will restore you. Isn't that cool? God doesn't want this separation. This, God doesn't want this roadblock. He doesn't want to have this, this mess up in our fellowship, man. Therefore, thus says the Lord, if you return, I will restore you and you shall stand before me. Isn't that a good thing to know? That if, man, if I go all in, I can stand before the Most High God. I don't have to, I don't have to hold my head down in shame. Because I know it's all been washed in the blood. You know what I mean? Therefore, thus says the Lord, if you return, I will restore you and you shall stand before me if you utter what is precious and not what is worthless. What? What? All God's people say, what? I'm returning to God. I'm repenting of my sins. I'm confessing, God, this, <laughs> this was not good. I see it the way you see it. I'm done with that. Okay, relationship restored, man. And it's not like you've been kicked out of the family. Okay, let's keep that in mind. But it hurts our fellowship. It hurts our communion with the Lord. Okay, but see, this is the proof. John the Baptist, he said this to some Pharisees that you need to bear fruit in keeping with repentance. It's not just looking all fancy or going to church or whatever you do. Okay, but your life is going to show. The things you do, the things you think about is going to show whether or not you were serious about turning from that sin. Does that make, does that, does that make sense? And you shall stand before me if you utter what is precious and not what is worthless. Because what's in the heart is going to come out of the mouth. Amen. Ouchie. Ouchie times ten, right? You shall be as my mouth. What? God wants to use us. Hey, church. Hey, hey uh, uh, fellas, ladies, friends, family, beloved. God wants to use us. He's like, get rid of all this stupid stuff, man. It's so stupid. Get rid of it. You don't need it. All right? You repent. Because I got need of you. 
Think about that, man. That's why you exist. That's why you're born in 19, whatever, fill in the blank. That's why you're here is because God wants to use you, man. That's why you exist. I don't know what I'm supposed to do. I don't know what I'm supposed to do with my life. You're supposed to serve God, put him first, and he'll direct our path. Okay. You shall be as my mouth. They shall turn to you. See, there's a world out there that needs us to be sold out to the Lord. You're right. And he said, I'll put the words in your mouth, man. I will use you. I will use you to do amazing things for me. If you would just sell out to me and stop trying to be your own agent on what you need done in your life. Okay. You put me first. You let me be your agent. Can I get a witness? You shall be as my mouth. They shall turn to you, but you shall not turn to them. Uh Oh, because we need to bear fruit and keep in repentance. We need to make sure, Hey, that, when I'm out there in the world, I'm not letting them pull me down. But you know what I mean? I'm out there in the world, and, and you know what? God's got me out there in the world for a reason, okay? And I need to be that witness to a lost and dying. Thanks for listening to this message from Victory Life Church. Go to victorylifechurchofmilton.com for more, and may God bless you.